Good morning. This is Paul Donovan, Chief Economist at GBS Global Wealth Management. It's 7 o'clock in the morning London time on Wednesday the 15th of June. The US Federal Reserve meets to decide interest rates after a rather volatile few days in the financial markets. The economic difference between a half percent or a three-quarter percent rate increase today is relatively limited. The Fed may well raise three-quarters of a percent. That would still be a policy error in all likelihood. The problem is that a three-quarter percent move would breach the first rule of social media. Don't feed the trolls. Since the last FOMC meeting, the Fed has consistently signalled a half percent increase today, and that signal stayed in place until the Fed went into its blackout period ahead of the FOMC meeting. What has changed in the last few days? Headline consumer price inflation rose, but other price measures, including core consumer price inflation, have continued to decline, and the Fed doesn't focus on headline consumer price inflation as a price measure. Nevertheless, financial markets have reacted in a volatile way and, with no direct Fed guidance, have changed expectations in the last 72 hours. This is where the risk of policy error comes in. If the Fed were to raise three quarters of a percent today, it means that every future consumer price inflation print will justify an increase in market volatility. Every time the Fed tries to transparently signal policy direction in the future, some pundit will pop up and say, they don't mean it, remember June 22, to justify a different policy assumption. The fact that markets overreacted to the May rate increase, which was the most clearly communicated rate increase I can remember in 30 years of doing this job, already suggests that there is a problem with market understanding and the volatility associated with making that worse is not desirable. Half a percent or three quarters of a percent will make no difference to the decline in inflation in the second half of this year. Three quarters of a percent will make the Fed's future communication a great deal more difficult. Looking to the growth story, Chinese economic data showed May retail sales falling, but falling somewhat less than had been expected. Industrial production was stronger than expected, and China's industrial output continues to grow. Because China is the largest manufacturing country in the world, this implies further increases in the global supply of goods, even as Chinese domestic demand remains negative. This is relevant to the inflation debate, at least as far as goods prices are concerned, because the ongoing increase in supply of goods is coming up against demand for goods that is slowing in the US, UK and Europe. The evidence to date is that when demand slows, goods price inflation also slows, which is why a quarter of the US Consumer Price Inflation Index is in deflation or disinflation. The US gives some insight into the pace of global demand with its May retail sales data today. This is a nominal number, so the effect of higher gasoline prices will show up via an increase in retail sales at gasoline stations. What matters is less the headline and more the patterns of inflation that we see in the details. Are consumers cutting back on non-gasoline consumption to be able to afford to fuel the family fleet of sports utility vehicles? Are higher prices outside retail sales, for instance, airfares or electricity prices, causing consumers to cut back on discretionary spending? 
The evidence of U.S. retailers' reports suggests that there have been some meaningful demand shifts in the United States, and that's why retailers have been left with inventory they don't want, and why they're contemplating price discounts to try and shift it. That's all for today. Have a good day. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.